If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Talk Shoes. Recorded live. Welcome to Think Baseball's podcast. Today's show is words of wisdom for the inspiring broadcaster. I am your host, Glenn Parron, and my guest is Jim Hayes, sports reporter for the St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Blues, as well as sports talk show co-host on WGNU 920 AM St. Louis. Jim brings over 30 years in sports broadcasting and, like the Cardinals, has some hardware of his own. A 2012 Emmy from the Mid-American Chapter of the Television Arts and Sciences for Interview and Discussion Program. Jim, welcome to the show. And thank thanks, you. And thanks for talking, taking the time to share your wisdom with me today. Well, I don't know how much wisdom I have to share, but uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on with you. And uh, i got to say, nice research. You, you, uh, you had a nice uh, encapsulation of my uh, cable career. <laughs> yeah. I'd uh, like to know a little bit about who I'm talking to. So appreciate hmm. that. Thanks, Jim. So tell me, Jim, in your 30 years behind the microphone, how frequently have you experienced mic fright? Uh, I haven't really experienced mic fright. <clears throat> um, I guess when I first went on the air many years ago when I started doing radio, uh, I, I, there was a little bit of uh, nervousness associated with I started in news, and I had to do news on an AM station, the news on an FM, and sometimes I would lose my place uh, on which, which uh, newscast I was actually in the middle of. But it, it never got to a point where... Um, I was frightened. I, I think uh, because I, I grew up around broadcasting, my father was a, a broadcaster for many years, I, I got used to the fact that it was going to be uh, a live segment, and so I never really had it. And uh, there are sometimes, there, even today, there's some nervousness if it's a segment that you're not sure how it's going to go, but I would never say it, it's fright. And I think the, the key to that is, the more you do it, the more you do it, the more normal it becomes, and then eventually you don't have any kind of fear. Although, like I said, every once in a while there's some nervousness or your stomach gets a little queasy. So I guess it's safe to say there's different levels of mic fright, uh, mic fright where you would totally freeze and what most people would consider just lock up. But then the butterflies, I would imagine, are somewhat normal. Yeah, I think so. And and uh, when that happens, you know, what I tell myself is take a breath. Everything's going to be fine. You've been here before. And uh, just trust that uh, whatever it is that you're trying to get through will we'll, we'll go through successfully. And, you know, you take a breath and, and you try to, to push through it. Sometimes nervousness, and if, if we're talking about the same thing, nervousness or some sort of mic fright, is a good thing because it gets the juices flowing. And there are times where 
uh, in the middle of a baseball season, if I'm doing something on camera or, you know, for Fox, where you're tired and, you know, you got in late from a road trip and, uh, you know, it's a day game or whatever the circumstance, sometimes having that adrenaline is a good thing because you're telling yourself, okay, get up for this. This, You know, we got this guy coming on live. We want this to go well. And sometimes you can feed off that. So I, I guess if in certain circumstances you try to make use of, of that nervousness. A good good point. You, you talk about your father being a broadcaster, I guess, uh, similar to athletes that come to the show for the first time compared to, say, Ken Griffey Jr. coming to the show for the first time, uh, I'm sure has a, a different feeling. Yeah, it does, because my dad used to do shows, and I'd go with him, so I saw him do it uh, a million times. There were times he'd bring me in the studio with him when he was doing a, a national radio show. So you get the, the feel, you get to experience it for yourself. I wasn't on the air, but I got to see kind of the lay of the land. And then, of course, whatever wisdom he would, he would pass down. I, the main thing that my dad was uh, for me, and he's since passed, um, is encouraging. You know, when I first started, um, I was awful. And some would say I'm still awful. But I think I've improved over the years. And and my dad would, would always be supportive and say, no, you're, you, have, you have something. You know, the, you can be really good at this. And the fact that you had your dad, who did it at a high level, supporting you, um, gave you a little confidence that I think if, if you're new to it and you didn't have that support system, uh, I think it was a big advantage. Well, as the cliche, father knows best in that comment, and, and and I think the Emmy says a few others uh, <laughs> would would tend to agree with him. So uh, let me ask you one one area where obviously I can't say where you might have had Mike Wright or a uh, higher level of nervousness, but it seems like being in front of your peers may be sometimes more attention building than than when you when you're in an environment. A, a, maybe even a bigger stage like a Cardinals game, a World Series game or whatnot. What was it like to go on stage and receive that Emmy Award in front of your peers and perhaps give an acceptance speech? Well, uh, to me, that was the easiest because I had already won it, and you don't have to say very much. <clears throat> so I'm not too, you know, I wasn't too nervous at that point because it'd be, it'd be worse if you had to go up there and say something if you didn't win. Um, and it was just brief comments. But there are times when it's on camera. For example, there's a, a pregame show where you have kind of planned out what you're going to do, and at the last minute, those things change. And it's a whole elaborate setup that we have. If we're in, say, let's say we're in Cincinnati, where we just were, I have to send the sound that I'm throwing to on the pregame live. So I, pl- I plan out with the producer who's back in St. Louis. <clears throat> First, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this, then run that sound bite, then I'm going to talk about this and run sound bite. And there have been times where right as we're going on the air, the producer will say, Jim, uh, we got the wrong sound. And so you're talking while they're talking in your ear. So you're going to have to throw, instead of uh, throwing to Mike Matheny talking about that day's starting pitcher, you're going to have to throw to Randall Gritchick talking about facing the Reds. And that's the kind of thing where your heart starts pumping. And right before you say that first word, that's as close, I think, as, 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 as what you're looking for, that's as close to stage fright as I get. And it's not so much of, of talking into the microphone or looking into the camera. 
It's that you're doing it blind because you're not exactly sure as you go on what you're going to throw to or what the plan is. So that's when my blood is really pumping because that's when there's nervousness. We could have a train wreck, and you could throw to something that they don't have back in St. Louis. So I would, if you, that's what you're looking for. That's the, the, the biggest fear that I have. If technically there's some problems with uh, something I'm about to, to deliver, and I always tell myself the, the same thing. I tell myself, take a breath. You'll get through this. It's a baseball game. You've covered thousands of them. You'll be fine. So that's how I get myself through that. And then as I'm talking, I'll listen to what the producer is saying, which is sometimes hard to do to listen and talk at the same time. And nine out of ten times it goes smoothly, and nine out of ten times the viewer at home doesn't even know we had a huge problem at the very last second. So talking talking about that ad lib type of uh, action that has to take place when – the material's not there, or or whatever the scenario may be. How how much how often does that happen? Say on your on your talk show environment compared to compared to the the live ball game. Uh, the talk on the radio on the talk show, it's all ad lib. All we know going into it is <clears throat> we have uh, you know three guests, so. You know, we all cover sports. The guys I do the show with also are sports reporters, so we all cover sports. So we kind of know what the storylines are and what would be appropriate questions. And I do think doing that radio show helps because there are times it's just us talking with no script and really no – we don't talk ahead of time what what discussions we're, we're going to have. We just know at some point we're going to say – talk about the Cardinals and the fact that uh, they're seven games over – the Cubs lost yesterday, or Colton Wong is now playing center field at AAA. What does that mean? Or whatever it could be related to the Cardinals. So that's all ad lib. So we just start a discussion. All right, let's talk about Cardinals. Or the Blues uh, naming a new head uh, assistant coach that will eventually become head coach after Ken Hitchcock leaves. We know we're going to hit that. So it's all really ad lib. And I think that helps television because there are times on TV – um, I can remember hosting a Blues pregame show for the last three minutes. Everything that we had, uh, for whatever reason, got misplaced in terms of graphics and throwing to sound and video we use. And so they said, you got to fill for three minutes. And that's about, as scared as, that's about as scared as I've ever been on camera at Fox Midwest anyway. But I, like I said, in, internally I told myself, you'll be fine. You know what the Blues are doing. You know who they're playing. So talk. And I got through it, and it wasn't too terrible. That's that's some that's some awesome awesome stories right there. I I, I guess that's where experience, knowledge, just just can overcome adversity. Preparation can overcome adversity. Right there is being prepared, having all that stuff prepared that you was referring to, and then. You never know when that three minutes is gonna <laughs> void. It's gonna be there, and I, now I, I have to draw from from all this preparation. Yeah, that's uh, that's, a, that's a great point because you know when you're doing a pregame show and you're following the team, part of the preparation is just by doing the job every day. But going into each game that we're doing a pregame show for, you look at the stats, you figure out what the storylines are. So that's kind of in your brain anyway, so that certainly helps. And the fact that it wouldn't be my first time where they go stretch, 
you got to fill two, you know, a minute and a half, two minutes. Three minutes is a hard is a is a hard, a hard stretch because that's a lot of time. But the, but the fact that yeah, I was prepared to do the pregame show. I had a lot of the storylines already, you know, kind of in my brain to to discuss. So all I had to do was talk about them. So I, I do think that's a key. It's harder if you hadn't been covering a certain team and you're thrown into that situation. But it's a real comfort zone when it's a team you know about and you've been around all season. So you talk about the pregame show. How much of the pregame show do you pre-write, if any? Uh, I don't really pre-write it. What I'll do is I'll give you an example. For the game we're doing today, uh, There's a you know the Cardinals are right now trending in a, in a great direction. For the first time, they're seven games over 500. They've passed the Pirates. Um, a lot of guys are hitting. They're getting starting pitching. So I thought to start a homestand, I'm going to have the general manager on. So we're going to have John Mazalock on live. Now, I kind of know what questions I want to ask him, but there's, you know, some guys that are rehabbing right now. We'll get an update on them. We'll get his impressions of what the Cardinals did in terms of moving Matt Carpenter to second base. So I don't really write those questions down. I kind of know what I want to talk about with the general manager and then the uh, the second thing that I'm going to do for the pregame is try to get a one-on-one interview with Colby Rasmus, uh, the former Cardinal who's back for the first time. Uh, he, you know, had some good moments as a Cardinal, and I think at the end it left a bad taste in his mouth. I'd like to see what he thinks about after all these years, and he's established himself as a bona fide major leaguer. And again, I'm not writing the questions down, um, but generally speaking, I'll, I'll take a couple of notes as to what I want to talk about in the pregame. If I'm throwing to a soundbite, I'll kind of write down um, this soundbite goes here, this soundbite goes here, and I'll send a copy to the producer so they know where I'm going and what sound I'm looking for. And really, I just kind of write an outline of what I want to do in that segment as opposed to a script. That's, how, that's generally how I do it. That would be a good story. I've also often thought about the player coming back and in Kobe Rasmus's position, you know, a minor leaguer. He, he actually, if I recall correctly, he, he left St. Louis prior to making the big leagues. Uh, but always that return home story or that return back story is a, a good story. And, and Kobe has a little bit of uh, animosity, maybe too strong of a word. But there, there's definitely some stories out there of, 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 some, of some friction or some misunderstandings with Rasmus and the Cardinal organization. And he attributes a lot of it to being young as a, as a Houston guy, a little bit I've heard in Houston. But that would be a good story that I'd like to hear for myself. Uh, not to say necessarily changing um, directions a little bit to this interview slightly, but um, one question I would like to ask is, how do you, how do you critique yourself? Do, do you watch video of a past? Broadcast? Do you do uh, a director or a producer give you feedback? What's the what's the what's the process there? All right. Well, the the producers we have back in St. Louis, it's it's not so much as an official critique, but if you did a, a segment that bombed, they will text you right away. That was awful. <laughs> so you will know it didn't work. But I've been doing this a long time, so I'll know when a segment works and doesn't work before they do. Like I, once I'm in it. I can tell, yeah, this wasn't what I thought it'd be. Uh, I'll watch the replays. You know, they put some of the stuff online, and uh, I'll look at it. But, you know, I've been doing this so long. My main thing is uh, 
I'll, I'll just check that I'm not getting into some bad habits that uh, I didn't want to get into, uh, using certain words as, as a crutch phrase. Those are the things I look for. Appearance-wise, uh, I'll look just to make sure that I'm, uh, uh, that I'm quite positive that I'm not aging well. See, I'll look at that and I'll go, you look like you're 70 years old. But uh, aside from that, um, my bosses will critique us a couple times a year or they'd go over job performance. Um, generally, it's, it's not a show-by-show show critique. But I'll always look at something that I, that I did that I thought worked or something that, I, that didn't work that I wanted to see, you know, how I handled it. But, but I, don't, I don't watch a, a ton of it. Just every now and then just sort of to check myself to make sure, like I said, I'm not getting into some bad habits. So, so, so much for the assume certain positive uh, critiques there. It's assume, assume certain negative uh, response if we if we bomb out, or as in your talk show this morning, your uh, fireworks uh, advertisement for the no dud. Right, right. The, the no dud guarantee at the fireworks thing. I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, no no dud pro- broadcasting here. So, um, well, I know I've. I'm real close to using up all our time. Uh, I really appreciate uh, what we what we've shared here together. It's w- went way past my expectations. Before we end, I have to give a shout out to family friend Randy Randall Gritchett for helping me get this connected with you, Jim. Just uh, and you alluded a little earlier before we was online, you know what it's like to, to interview Gritch. He is such a, a good kid and, and such a talent. Um, I know he's going to get it going soon, but I could tell right away. Like, there's certain players you, you get a good relationship with, and Randall's one of them because he's just a, a good guy, and I know he's a great teammate, and uh, I think he's going to be a, a great, great player for a long, long time. And once he asked me to do this, you know, he does interviews for us all the time. Anytime, anytime Randall asks me for something, I'm going to do it because he's a great guy. Well, sounds like our old Randall, uh, a gift certificate to the local smoothie spot there yeah, right. in, in, in Fort Bend County to, that he frequently visits. Uh, so uh, we'll have to make sure to take down that note. Well, if you'd like to hear more from Jim Hayes, tune in to Cardinals Baseball and or WJNU920.com in the morning and listen live. Thanks again, Jim. Thank you. My pleasure. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.